What's wrong with you people? Welcome to Not Another Baptist Podcast, friends, where Dr. Kyle, non-alcoholic beerman, and myself, Matt Hensley, chop it up about all things church revitalization, and we can do so because of our partnership with Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, and they have a little news beyond the hiring of Dan Darling, which we talked about on the Potluck podcast earlier this week. They also have a little something, something up their sleeve coming up March 22nd through 24th. What is that, Dr. Kyle Beerman? Yeah, so even before the upheaval of the uh, COVID-19 pandemic, you know, widespread disruption and social change left many ministries wondering, what does ministry look like now? And that's the question the Ministry Now Conference aims to answer March 22nd through the 24th. Experienced ministry leaders from around the country will gather on the campus of Southwestern Seminary in Fort Worth, Texas, beautiful Southwestern Seminary, I might add, to explore how God's church can thrive in this ever-changing ministry context. Founded on an unyielding commitment to biblical truth built by expert practitioners and designed to encourage and equip God's people in every area of ministry, this gathering is a place where you can be empowered to live your calling wherever God has called you. So, Join Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Fort Worth, Texas on March 22nd to 24th and learn more at swibbits.edu slash ministry now 2022. The mouthful. That was mouthful. a lot. Yeah. I'm, I'm impressed, Dr. Bierman. And, uh, and as we talked about uh, kind of the ever-changing landscape, that's what we're going to be discussing today as we lead in a new reality. But first things first. How are you doing, Kyle Bierman? Well, you know what? I'm doing pretty well. I was doing really well uh, Monday night after the, um, or excuse me, I guess Tuesday night after the uh, Braves really handed it to your Astros and was feeling confident. Um, And so this morning I am, I'm still doing well, but I'm a little disappointed. I was really hoping that uh, the Astros would be heading to to Atlanta down to (laughs) Oak. But yeah, and, and we we gave some prognostications in our chat with Jonathan Howe, and yeah, we did. I, I am a little nervous because I called for the Astros in five, and that's going to be <laughs> that, difficult. That, that means they got to win out from here on out yeah. to make that and happen. So that's that's just not always something that's likely, but I am still hopeful. But just so we have full disclosure. Kyle calls for the Braves in six with Acuna or Freeman. <laughs> so, so, so Acuna is out for the season. He's not, he's not even so playing. So, saying, so Freeman, Freeman well is the, is and my then pick. Howe calls for the Braves in seven. And so both of y'all have called for the Braves. So I'm not really liking you right now, but I have the <laughs> Astros in five Tucker or Tuve for MVP. And, and I, I hope I'm right. I doubt I'm right, uh, but I, I believe. Help my unbelief. Tuve made a strong case last night in the event that that they win. He's he's off to a pretty decent start. So, but but I'm still I'm holding out hope and 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 I have a vested interest in seeing the Braves win, yeah. uh, because their third base coach is one Ron Washington, who should have received a World Series ring ten years ago. Um, as a matter of fact, as we're recording this on Thursday morning, ten years ago last night, but we will not get into 
that because it's a little should because there was a there was no it's still too raw there was a push notification that came through (laughs) yeah we've talked about four news uh that said if i believe the texas rangers have won the world series yeah and then they they were really just echoing what everyone was thinking at that point and then uh, a few moments later disaster struck and then two innings later disaster struck again so um yeah yeah, um, what, what a night. Yeah. I, I, I dare say an evening I will never forget yeah. for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. Well, a, a season that we would probably rather forget is lingering around, and that is COVID-19. And uh, by now, you know uh, a, a couple of things. Sir, we, we prognosticated several months ago, in fact, uh, you know, over a year ago, I guess, when COVID was coming around and people were saying, you know, Pastors are going to leave left and right, but Lifeway Research had some uh, numbers out that that wasn't the case, as we prognosticated as well, because pastors are tough uh, people, and and we, we just really believed they were going to be able to handle it. But along the way, we also didn't expect spikes and this to continue on. And we, we kept thinking, you know, Easter, it's going to be gone. And then the summer, it's going to be gone. And then by Christmas, it'll be gone. And then here we are in 2021. And it seems like COVID-19 is going to be around for a minute. And and we have to realize that this is probably a new reality. And I do appreciate you saying new reality instead of a new normal, because that was overused a whole lot during all of this. Let let me assure you, that was quite quite intentional. Yeah, at this point, it is it is precedented. It's no longer <laughs> unprecedented. This is this is life. And so, as we have this new reality, uh, I'm realizing things as you kind of pointed out in an article that you know you go into the theater or maybe you go into a restaurant, and and even here in Texas, uh, which is rather open and and uh, and no mask and all of that kind of stuff. Still, when I go to a restaurant, I mean, I'm walking right in, you know, the tables are mostly empty, uh, you know, but sometimes the inside dining is shut down even at a restaurant because they don't have enough staff. I mean, there's a number of things that are happening that may very well be our reality for some time, and we still have to lead. Uh, you have to lead in your areas with NAM. I have to lead in my areas with the CBA. The pastors that are listening in and church leaders have to continue to lead in this new reality. And so you kind of teed off on a blog post by Alan White, someone that you said you didn't know, where he said the time has come to face an unpleasant reality. The congregation you have right now is your entire congregation. Things have changed, perhaps permanently, you added, and this may be a harsh truth for us to swallow, but it may be true nonetheless. And so let's Let's talk about that. You know, at, at Farmersville, we've kind of waded through mostly untouched by uh, COVID until recent months, and then it just spiked like mad here, and and so that kind of shut things down. And and here we are. You know, Sundays come and go, attendance is lagging. Uh, you know, the the online participation is still somewhat there, but but yeah, it is a new reality. So so let's talk about that a little bit, Kyle. Uh, walk, walk us through a little bit of your your post and and kind of your thoughts on this new reality. Yeah, well, I think the I think the truth is that you know we're now um, almost twenty months into this um, 
thing that that we were initially told would be 15 days, right? If you, if you remember the 15 days to slow the spread. And then, well, as you mentioned, you know, it'll be gone by Easter, it'll be gone by summer, and certainly by the time fall starts. And, and, and so here we are now, you know, um, a year and a half plus later. And, and I think the simple reality is that people are settling into new routines. And if, if church, church attendance has not been a part of that for the last 20 months, um, it's probably not coming back. That, that's just the, uh, uh, I mean, that's, that, that doesn't say that, that those folks can't be reached again, but, but you need to not be counting on, oh, well, they're going to eventually come back. Right. And so I think, uh, you know, this, this post that I referenced here by Alan White, I think that's a, an important point for pastors to understand that the congregation you have right now likely is your congregation. Um, and it's probably, it probably looks a lot different than it did in uh, December of 2019, but that's, that's the reality. That is where we are. And so, you know, you can do a couple of things with that. You can bemoan the, the reality that we're in, or you can accept the reality that we're in and move forward from there. And so I, um, as, as I was reading his post, I, I was just really reminded of uh, the, the children of Israel's reaction to Moses when they found themselves in a new reality, right? And, and they, I mean, literally they were, they were in unprecedented territory for themselves. And, um, and they keep moaning to Moses, why did you bring us out here? Why would you, you know, bring us into this place, of, into this desert, um, even to the point that it said they were making plans to go back to Egypt. Now, Egypt was not all um, roses and fancy dinners, right? I mean, they were slaves. And yet, there were, even in that um, awful existence, there was something familiar to them, and they understood it. And that's what they were longing for. And I think that's what a lot of people are longing for now, yeah. something that feels familiar. Um, you know, and, and, I, and I shared at the beginning of this post that when it really hit me, you know, because I mean, we've been around and, and at Texas, like you go, like football stadiums are here are full, right? I went to a high school football game and it felt that that felt normal. Church, church certainly doesn't. When it really hit for me is when Michelle and I went to go see the new James Bond movie, uh, No Time to Die. And we went on Friday. It, it opened, I guess, technically Thursday night, but we went on Friday and but like went to a mid-afternoon a showing and I bought tickets early because I thought, you know, this could, I mean, we've been waiting on this movie for a long time. It's been delayed and and it's Daniel Craig's last foray as James Bond. Like this is going to be a big deal and, and it, fancy IMAX theater. And if there were 15 people in the theater, I would be shocked. Um, and, and like I said, that just hit me. I was like, Oh, like something has changed um, because two years ago, that place would have been full um, and, and tickets would have been hard to get. And um, it just, that, that, that's when it struck me. So it's not just churches. There are some other realities that are, that are hitting as well. And, and this, is, this is a new reality that we have to figure out how to live in. And one of the things, and, and it could be because I'm prone to pessimism, uh, but I would like to think that it's because I'm forward thinking and, and a strong leader. I'd really doubt that, but uh, <laughs> I, I tend to like to, plan for the worst and and then of course hope for the best but but plan you know in in everything whether it's a vacation or whether it is a sermon what you know whatever i'm doing i tend to like to plan prepare for the absolute worst reality and then hope for it to be better and and usually it is 
and and I think that's what we kind of need to do right now is realize that the worst that we thought might be here. And so we need to plan that what we're dealing with today may very well be with us forever. You know, we might be in a world of mask, no mask and, and vaccine talk and, and low attendance and all of this kind of stuff. Plan accordingly. Plan that that might be very well our reality. Hope that maybe it subsides and we do go back to what it used to be. I don't know if that's even necessarily always a good thing uh, with how busy we used to be and so forth, but, but we need to perhaps plan and prepare as if this is going to be with us forever and make this your reality and then hope that maybe it does subside and, and things get a little easier. And so in light of that, you share Jeremiah 29, five through seven, which really offers some, some wisdom for those that are living in kind of that unfamiliar territory, right? And, and so in the passage, you said Jeremiah is writing to those Israelites who had been exiled to Babylon. They didn't know how long they were going to be away from home. So what does Jeremiah say? Build houses, live in them, plant gardens, eat their produce. In other words, do life. I mean, yeah. live, yeah. find wives, have sons and daughters, find wives for your sons, give your daughters to men in marriage, right? This, this idea that th this is going to be your, your life for a while. And so yeah. they, he calls them to pursue the well-being of the city that I have deported you to pray to the Lord on its behalf for when it thrives, you will thrive. And, and so talk to us about why that is so pertinent to this kind of new reality. And as we live and serve and do all of these things today, that might this today might be with us for a minute. Yeah. So in, in the Israelites case that had been exiled to Babylon, like you said, I mean, they're living under a, um, they're living under a foreign government. They're away from home. They, they've, they've been essentially captured and taken away from their home. Um, and, and especially for the, for those from the, the Northern kingdom of Judah, like this was something they, I don't think they saw coming. Like they kind of watched the Southern kingdom of Israel be taken over and thought, well, you know, if you had just followed God, everything would have been fine. And then they find themselves kind of in that same boat. And so their, their heads are probably spinning a little bit and wondering, you know, man, what, what does this mean for life? And, and essentially God's message through Jeremiah is, as you said, you keep living, you, you, you build a life in this new reality. And, and I think verse seven there is really key. And I, I, I didn't focus on it as much in the, in the blog post, but I think it, that's an important part for us to consider as, as churches and pastors. And that is pursue the well-being of the city I've deported you to. In other words, so now we're living in a new reality, right? And, and so much about our culture has changed. Um, and so how do we pursue the well-being of the communities where we are in this, in this reality that we find ourselves? Um, and so, you know, for, again, for believers, we keep on trusting in God, believing that he's in control and we live life. Um, you, you know, we've long lamented churches and, and, uh, church members who would kind of sit back and long for the good old days. So we need to make sure that we're not doing that now and longing for the good old days of 2019 again. Yeah. And, and, you know, keep that in mind as you lead, you know, you might have a different perception of what's going on and, and whatnot. You know, the other day we went door knocking uh, with first Farmersville and, and to invite folks to our fall festival and uh, Farmersville, our, our church has taken it perhaps much more seriously and safely 
than our city has. You know, there's signs about social distancing is, is, you know, experimental or whatever, you know, mind experiments or something. It's like all that kind of stuff. But anyway, I reminded the girls that uh, I went with were two of our daughters and, and Barbara's daughter uh, that when we went to the apartment complex, like let's back up from the door a little bit, you know, don't just stand right on the door, knock, like knock and then take a few steps back and be like, Hey, we want." <laughs> which was always a good social uh, convention. Yeah. I would argue. <laughs> yeah. Don't like knock on the door and stand like two inches from it. Good morning. How are you? Have, has anybody told you today that you're going to hell? Like that's not how you share the gospel. But anyway, we backed up several feet, you know, we knocked on the door, had the things in our hands and, and I would often even say, Hey, we're, we're sorry for interrupting your, your afternoon. And, you know, we want to give you some space, but we did want to take a moment to invite you to this and, and see if there was anything we could pray for you about. You know, we didn't want, if we're going to a door of somebody that's really concerned about this kind of stuff, being close or being, you know, cause apartment complexes, even if you're not right in front of the door, usually those doors are kind of in an inlet of sorts. And so you're kind of in that little, not in the breezeway anymore. So we tried to back out a little bit, give them a little space. Just remember that you've got people coming to your church uh, that, that don't concern themselves with it at all, that are living life normally. And, and perhaps we think that might be the way to go, but, but know that you also have some people that are on the sidelines and, and yearning to be there. Uh, and then maybe they try it out one Sunday and, and see everything just completely and totally flaunted. And, and that's going to be difficult for them. It's just remember that everybody is handling this different and that this is our reality that might be with us forever. It might not, who knows? Uh, but until then, as you said, we pursue the well-being of the cities we live in. Uh, we pray to the Lord on, on their behalf for, for when it thrives, you thrive. And, and so Kyle, as we begin to wind down, what are your thoughts there? Yeah. And, and I would say this, um, you know, I'm not sure a lot of us took enough time to mourn, to lament, um, some of the changes that, that happen. And so, I mean, anytime that there is major life change, it's, it's okay to mourn for a period. And so if you've not taken, uh, I would say, you know, if, if you as a pastor and maybe even if you have not, uh, even if your church members have not done this, you, you might encourage that to, to take some time and, and wrestle with some of these realities that, that have changed maybe permanently. And, and, and that's okay. But, but just like as, as we're leading someone through the grief process that's lost, that's lost a loved one, it's not okay to stay in that grief mode. It's not okay to, or to stay in that mourning mode. It's not okay to, um, to become bitter over that, right? We, we have to, as Jeremiah encouraged the children of Israel to live life within the new reality and, and to push forward. So, so if you need to take some time and, you know, and reflect and mourn, that's okay. But, but then make sure that you then turn your attention to, okay, now, how do we move forward in this reality that we find ourselves in? And I think, you know, whatever it is that a pastor is facing that when I'm, I'm walking through something with them, that's something that I share, like, get it off your chest. Like, don't, don't just keep carrying whatever it is that you're stressed about, you know, online down or people not coming back or, or just this whole thing or, or just your family struggling, whatever it is, like, get it off your chest to somebody and then y'all resolve to move forward. Like, you know, make that time of counsel or whatever it is. Like, let's share, let's lament, right? We sometimes, you know, we, we tell others we're okay. It is okay to not be okay with whatever it is that we're facing. Like, we need to be okay with that. Uh, and, and to get that off of our chest and then move forward together. And, uh, and I believe we've been doing that now, literally today, for four years. That's right. Today, we started that during the 
during the uh, World Series in 2017, which turned out okay for you. It did. Uh, that was not. Well, that was not so kind bad. Kind of. It. It has meant I get replied to every single <laughs> post I make with trash cans, but it did turn out okay. I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but we've. That's what we've been trying to do with this. Yep. Is we know that ministry is tough. It's awesome too. And so we want to celebrate those things, but also be real with you all and, and say that it is okay to to not be okay, to realize that this reality that we're living in right now may not seem that great, but God has us here and he doesn't have us here without some purpose. And, uh, and so as we move forward, let's move forward into this new reality. Just continue to lead, continue to serve, uh, take time to get away when you can. Uh, you know, do the soul care, the self-care in, in the right way, you know, having the time of rest, all of that kind of stuff, because we're going to need to be emotionally healthy if we're going to move forward in this new reality. And so Kyle, why don't you send us out and, uh, and, and then maybe sing happy birthday to us. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'll say this as we, as we end, um, if you need some help in, in processing grief, just for, I mean, whether this season or, or anything, um, a fantastic little book that that has helped me tremendously is called Good Grief. And I also love the title of that because I'm a big Charlie Brown fan. I look like Charlie Brown. Uh, so Good Grief by Granger Westberg. Um, and that's available anywhere books are sold. I highly recommend it. Um, and until next time, may your coffee wait, wait, be as... Wait. You didn't sing happy birthday. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Happy birthday to us. Yeah. Happy birthday to us. To us. Happy birthday, dear. Not another Babs podcast. Um, Happy birthday to us. We made it to four good. years old. Right, we're, we're a toddler now, Matt. That's been, or a preschool. We're in, we're in preschool. Yeah, we're in preschool now. <laughs> we act like it, dude. Yeah, we do. But until next time, may your coffee be as black as night and as bold as the gospel we declare socially distanced. We, we should and celebrate with a McRib. <laughs> Go get a McRib to celebrate Not Another Baptist Podcast. Send it to Jonathan Howe. Yes. <laughs>